be. You know, I I told uh, my future uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law that I wanted to be, I didn't care if we were, we were married in a barn. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is not professional advice, just two guys spitballing. So do your own research. Willie, a quick internet search about most expensive weddings that ended in divorce has some interesting results. Oh yeah, let me hear uh, well, there's so many, right? And a lot of them, of course, celebrities. I'll give sure, you. A, sure, I'll sure. start easy. Okay. Uh, Mariah Carey. She got married to some guy named Tommy. Spent half a million dollars. Half a million dollars on a wedding. On just the just, wedding. Just think about that. Yeah, five hundred thousand dollars. I don't know if I could spend that much if I tried. I, well, no. Um, four years they made it. Four years. Yeah. Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. Remember them getting married? Oh yeah. Uh huh. They made it six years. But the wedding was $3 million. $3 million for the wedding. Okay. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Another power couple. Power couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five years. They spent a million dollars. Okay. Uh-huh. And there are lots of people who spent under a million dollars, right? Yeah, sure, Um, sure, sure. Let's keep it. Let's keep it in the really expensive price range. You know, Madonna uh, are there more? and Guy there... Ritchie. Oh, oh, there's a ton of them. Okay. Yeah, uh, she spent or they spent 1.5 million. Okay. Yeah. At least they made it eight years. Eight years. Uh, of course, Khloe Kardashian's on the list, and Kim Kardashian is also on the list. You know, I've heard of the Kardashians. <laughs> You're not missing anything, brother. But I, I know mm-hmm. almost nothing about them. I couldn't Good. pick them in a lineup or anything. I You're you're better off. But I've heard about I've heard of them, yeah. Chloe made it six years for a million dollars. Kim made it two years for a ten million dollar wedding. A ten million dollar wedding yeah. that yeah, I'm seeing almost a trend of the the bigger the the price tag, maybe the, the shorter yeah. the glass. Some of the older souls, uh, Liza Minnelli, David Guest, they had $3.5 million. So back in the day, that was a lot of money. That's a crazy amount of money, right? yeah. Five years they made it. Wow. Paul McCartney, uh, Heather, I think it was Heather or somebody he married, um, $3 million, six years. Wow. Yeah. Tiger Woods, he was uh, $1.5 million, made it six years. But the big one... The big, okay, big, give me the biggest one. Big give me the one. biggest one. Yeah, Princess Diana and Charles. Did they get? Now did King. they get divorced? Oh yeah, I didn't. Really, oh, yeah. yeah, somehow I missed so, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You should watch that that uh, series, The Crown. Okay, it's yeah. historical and interesting. It and does sound interesting like to it. me. Yeah. That's on Netflix, isn't it? It is. It is. I don't have Netflix. That's yeah, the problem. That is a problem. Um, okay. So a hundred and ten million dollars. Oh my! Yeah, it's a royal wedding. Good royal grief. wedding, hundred and ten yeah. million dollars. Wow! And they made it fifteen years, but um, they really were emotionally divorced long before that. And they yeah. really and the, and the crown goes into all this kind of detail. As oh to, yeah, you know okay. he okay. he was in love with another woman, and they had all these rules for the royals. And yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, my heart doesn't break for him. I don't feel sorry for him. Yeah, um, okay. I, I think that the whole royal thing is is kind of nutty, and it of is. course it caused problems. And I can understand some of their their issues and the optics and others are sure, just kind sure, of sure. you know a little too much. And yep. everyone's going to draw that line in a different place. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, you know, this guy clearly didn't want to marry her. Yeah. Okay. He, he he liked this other woman who's now with he's you know, Camilla, that's the woman he's always wanted to be oh, with. Oh I see. Okay. Yeah. So they, they it was a big scandal. I'm surprised you didn't know they, they divorced. 
Yeah, you're surprised it, that I don't know a whole lot about celebrity. Uh, <laughs> well, this is kind of like, I mean, it's like on the news every night kind of thing. But you, you know, know with, I have never owned a TV. Well, <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and I don't listen to the radio. I do listen to podcasts and whatever, whatever. Right, that was right. before. That was when I was younger. Anyway, interesting. You know, uh, weddings are often very, very expensive. That's those are some of the most expensive. But yeah. weddings ha- are really they're ridiculous. When I was when I was getting married, when you and I were getting married, we married, I didn't marry you. No, what are you talking? No, about? No, no, no. But when you were getting married and I was getting married around that time, yeah. wet, weddings have changed a lot since then. Right. A lot since then, and it it's has become, become so a, commercialized. Yes, so yeah. commercialized. Right now, the average wedding cost in the United States is around thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand bucks. That I don't does know not how much, surprise me. I don't know how much we spent on our wedding, the Sophia's wedding. It wasn't. It wasn't anywhere close to that. High. I can tell you what we spent, and I'll tell you why I know this. Okay. My father-in-law to be. Yeah. Sat me and my wife down and said. I'm going to give you $5,000. Yeah. You can spend it on the wedding. Yep. Or you can elope and keep the money. Yeah. Guess which one I wanted to do. You wanted to elope and keep <laughs> the money. Yeah. Guess what she wanted to do. She wanted to have a wedding. Guess what we did. You had a wedding. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that $5,000 did not did not go very far. Yeah. Uh, that was back in 96. Sure. And sure. so, uh, you know. We also had a very simple wedding. We had a morning wedding and we didn't, uh-huh. we didn't have a meal. We had a, a few snacks. We had a cake and man, we were out by lunchtime. Yeah. Like, no, you're, you're at lunch on your own because we're yeah. leaving. We, we had lunch on the road. My brother got married on a beach. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was really cost effective. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, um, I looked into it and some of the reasons that weddings are so expensive is that a lot of people, uh, when they're getting married, people don't get married a whole lot. You know, right, right. right. That's, that's, it's that's supposed not, to be once in be your once. lifetime. But even for people who get married a whole lot, it's only a few times in your lifetime. Right. Whatever. And so, uh, so people don't really know what things should cost. Right. And so, because of that, it's what economists oh, yeah. call an information disequilibrium. Yeah. If if you attach the name wedding to it, yeah, you're going to get gouged. Yeah, that's right. If you actually, people have done this a whole bunch. You can go on like YouTube videos and stuff uh-huh. and and watch. Uh, if you call for a, a quote on a venue for a particular, uh, and if you say this is going to be for a family gathering of right. X number of people on X number Absolutely. of night or whatever, versus the exact same thing, and you say this is for a wedding, and all the other variables are exactly the same. Yep, the wedding price is significantly higher. Yep. Now, I, to be fair, this, this is called uneven scales. Sort we of. Talk about well, no, wait this. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a okay. second. Because there is, a, you know what? There's something wrong about this. But, but, right. Uh, vendors justify this by saying that if it is actually a wedding, they are typically um, going to have to deal with people with high emotions, high expectations. Tons of phone calls, tons of conversations, tons of emails, Uh specific requests that a family gathering doesn't have. And you know what? I think they're right about that. I could see that. And so they justify the cost for that reason. And you know what? Yeah, I kind of get it. I think the whole um, fantasy of the wedding day and the thought that people would spend millions of dollars or even for the average person, $30,000. Yeah. That is crazy. It is. And it's based upon this dream yes. 
of, of being a prince and a princess, which I get. Like yep. what, that's what a marriage is, right? We are kings and queens. We're that's vice true. regents of God. We bear His image. That's true. It is a time to celebrate. It is a big deal. It should be fully supported by the family and the community, and yep. everyone should agree these people should be married, and yep. and uh, they should have gotten their premarital counseling, and yep. all that stuff should be in place, right? Yep. And we need to celebrate. It needs to be somewhat of a big deal, right? Yep. I get that, but. People are married every day. Oh yeah, there's multiple weddings every single day oh, all yeah. over the world. It's a it's a pretty normal part of life. Yes, and it's not really the wedding; it's the life together. Right. It's the marriage that's that right. matters. That's right. And that's what takes work, and discipline, and sacrifice, and humility. And that's why some people spend, you know, what I say, a couple million dollars, and they make it two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it was all about the wedding and the hype and the show, and that's why that's right. celebrities, I think, really get into, involved in that. Yep. But the marriage is what is what it's all really about. That's right. That's right. And that takes work. The high prices often are driven by this once-in-a-lifetime mentality. Sure. This is going to be a party to end all parties, and it is uh, and and to celebrate our love or to celebrate my love. Yeah. Right, it's that yeah. kind of selfishness. And actually, a really quick internet search about uh, wedding days. Here's an article: uh, Why you should be selfish on your wedding day. Why? Why you, you should, should be, be selfish, selfish on, on your, your wedding, wedding day. day. Uh, there, here's another one: Your wedding is selfish. There's a ton of these articles, uh-huh. and the, and the and what the wedding industry is pushing and people are gobbling up is yeah. that your wedding is all about you. Right. Your wedding should be a celebration of you and all things you and whatever, especially the bride. Whatever the bride wants, the bride gets, and there are no, uh, uh, you, you know, holds on that. That is great marketing because it just plays into human indulgence. It's yes. the same thing that it was the diamond companies that that fabricated this yep. idea yep. that an engagement ring was to be a diamond. That's right. So they could sell these very expensive gems, or that you should have a ring for an engagement. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a tradition. It's it's a marketeering right. totally. of, a, of That's diamond right. companies. That's right. That's right. Yes, and and it brings to me to mind the question: What is a wedding for? And mm-hmm. I don't mean the marriage. You're exactly right. right. The marriage is far more important than the wedding. But as Christians, I think all Christians are going to say that. And right. actually, I think probably most everybody in the world would say that. Yeah. Um, that the marriage is more important than the wedding. But what is the wedding yeah. for? What is that? And I'm, I, so we got the ceremony. Yep. But then also, the, the, the whatever happens after that or before that, uh-huh. um, the, the, the wedding ceremony is probably the centerpiece of that in one sense. Okay, so what is that for? And then what is the entire event, whether it's one day or multi-day or whatever, what is it for? And that's, that's the topic that I really want to get at here. Uh-huh. Well, um, okay, you, you want to... I don't want to. I don't want to steal your thunder. So if you got something to say, okay. So I, I've I, married, I can dive right in. No, yeah. I, I can too. Uh, so I have uh, married lots of people, uh-huh. and uh, I really enjoy weddings where I know the people. Right. I've done some weddings where I don't know the people, and I uh-huh. hate those weddings. Uh-huh. I hate those weddings. Lots and lots of ministers um, hate 
weddings and love funerals. I don't know if that's true for you, but uh, that makes perfect sense to me. I love doing funerals, but weddings are a headache unless I know the people really, really well. Hmm. I've always liked doing weddings. Uh, Have you mostly done people that you know well? Um, No, I've done some that I did not know hardly at all. Okay. Yeah. Man, I've done a few where I didn't know the people, and everyone has, for for so many weddings... Lots and lots of people in that room, when you're doing the wedding, have been dreaming of that day for a very long time, and Uh everyone has a competing vision of what it's supposed to be and who is in charge, and that can make for some real strong frustrations. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got an opinion. Yeah, that's right. Here's what I think. When I I would get... uh, When I would marry folks, I've got a... Now, uh, uh, when I agree to marry someone... I send them a document, and I and in that document it says the wedding ceremony is a worship service. It right. is a Christian worship service, uh-huh. and if you do not want it to be a Christian worship service, then you there's no reason for me to be involved. That's right. And if it is a Christian worship service, and if I'm involved, then it is. Then I, as the Christian minister, as the pastor, as the officiant, uh, am in charge of the worship. Uh huh. And so we are going to worship Jesus. We're, and the, pro, the primary illustration and focus of worshiping Jesus is going to be the love between this bride and this groom. And this is going to be a picture. We're going to use this as a picture of Christ and the church. And we're going to marry the two of you, and that is going to be an illustration for all of us to see Christ and the church and the love that Christ has for the church. And so you are, in this ceremony, you are actually marrying each other, but in the ceremony you are merely an illustration for the much larger point of the worship service, and Mm -hmm. that is to honor and worship Jesus. Yeah, that's true, and that's good. Um, If if I were to distill the whole day down— yeah. Um, I would I would have said this. Uh, it's about the vows. The 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 pivotal point yeah. of the day yep. is when you are speaking the vow and you're taking a vow um, to enter into that union. And and I like the traditional vow. I don't like people writing their own vows. And I, I actually have I make them have some parameters uh-huh, if uh-huh. they are going to write their own uh-huh. vows. And, yep. and, and my wife and I did write our own, but we we ha- we kept some of the the traditional language yeah. that really does capture what this vow is about. Yes, for richer or for poorer. Yes, for better or for worse. All right. in sickness and in health. Like yeah. If if I by by me marrying you, if my life is worse and I'm broke and we're and you're sick all the time or I'm sick all the time. Uh, we just said in the vow, until death do us part, I have to have that piece in there. That's right. Or I won't marry you. That's right. Um, and and that's the vow. Everything else can be a different liturgy in that sure, worship sure, service. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Right? But that's the piece that has to happen on that day. And that's the designation of when you were single people and now you're married people, yep. you spoke the vow in the presence of the witnesses, your families, your community, and God himself. And so that's like, that's that's the key piece. And then everything else gets added to that. Mm, mm-hmm. And you're right. There is a, there's a reflection or a metaphor that is profound, Paul yes. says in yes, Ephesians, yes, yes. That, um, that we're trying to capture and celebrate that's right. and be a part of. Um, but that vow... That yeah, that is the that's the key difference. When I um I like the traditional vows as well, and the mm-hmm. parameters that I would give on folks that I do give on folks if they want to write their own vows, is uh that it can it ha- it can be let's see you can write different things, but it has to be unconditional. 
has to be absolutely unconditional, and it has to be about your own uh, behavior and responsibility mm-hmm. rather are than you vowing? Yeah. the attractiveness or loveliness of your partner. Right. Which, when people today write their own vows, a lot of times it's a, it's a, a, a kind of a vomiting yes. of affection. You're right? my best friend. You're, yeah, you're so awesome. I love you so much. Yep, and, yep, and yep. There's just kind of this, this oozy moment where they, it's, it's, it's sort of indulgent. Yep. That's not what a wedding is. A wedding, no. uh, distill it down, it's you swearing yep. in front of everyone to love this person come no hell or high water. No matter what. Right. It's a covenant unto death. That's right. right. Now, there are some biblical grounds for divorce, but we're not talking about that right now. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and on a case-by-case basis, I, I would be willing to grant divorce given those. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. But the normative is until death, you're swearing to be with this person. So, that's right. Yeah. Unconditional, your responsibility, um, unto death, and what else? I think that that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Although I like the traditional vows because of something else I want to bring up that we haven't talked about yet. I think the wedding is not just a worship service. It is not just uh, uh, the marrying of these two people, bringing, going from single to married. But also it is um, the wedding itself is for the entire community. Uh-huh. It is the community of people coming together and blessing and uh, in in some sense, giving permission for these two people to be married, right. and these two people to um, create a family on their own. It is a it is a activity of the society, and so the traditional vows. When I go to a wedding and I hear the traditional vows being taken by uh, the bride and groom, I'm able to reflect and should reflect on my own marriage vows mm-hmm. that I took, mm-hmm. you know, decades ago now. Right, and that binds me to them, mm-hmm. and it is they are a part of the same stream, and we are doing this project together. Yeah. You know, a lot of times in my pre-trial counseling, I'll talk to people about the meaning of weddings and and the various components, and they're largely unaware. Yeah, um, you know, and some of it's. Um, I guess more symbolic. Yes, yes. Um, and and some of it's a little more important. And some pieces can, like I said, can can be there, or not there. Uh-huh. An example would be the unity candle. Oh, yeah. Is something yeah, yeah. that people do. Uh-huh. And and I tell them, hey, if you want to do the unity candle, we'll do it at this point of the service. Right. And and what it symbolizes is that you were your own person. Right. And now you become one flesh. Yes. With this other person. Yes. And the most powerful part of that is not the lighting of the single candle together, it's when you snuff out your own candle. Sure. That's a powerful symbolism to yes. say, okay, yes. now my life is, is it's not its own anymore. Yes. Um, you can have that or not have that, right? Yeah, sure. But I'll say like, hey, if uh, when people come in to the, to the church, uh, we'll have the men come in separately, and when there's a couple formed, it'll be the bride and groom first. And so I won't have ushers walk down bridesmaids um, before the wedding, they come down separately or individually yeah. on their own so that the first couple that comes together is the man and wife and then their, their, yep. their bridesmaids and groomsmen come together and form a couple as well. Yeah. Um, and that's just a symbolic gesture, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Another one would be, uh, who gives this woman, her mother and I do, and the father takes the bride's hand and puts it into the husband's hand. That's right. That is a powerful symbolism of 
the transference of of authority, mm-hmm. and that has um, been abused, of course. And, uh, of course, but it's also a, a, a powerful image. And often that's it's symbolic authority, right? So you get a woman mm-hmm. who's thirty years old and getting married for the first time, and she's not really under her husband's authority. I mean, right. excuse me, her father's authority anymore. Right. But certainly she was when she was a child. Right. And so we can still have that that giving away. Yeah. Yep. And I say her father's, her parents, her parents' yeah. authority. And dad dad gets to kiss her goodbye. Yeah. And then the groom gets to kiss his bride after yeah. they've made the vows. That's right. And it's um it's a transference. Yeah. I'm leaving this household and this this family of origin. Yeah. And we are going to cleave and become our own family. Yeah. Um yeah, so there's so many pieces that are in there that are that are interesting and valuable. The rings, of course, have have powerful symbolism. Sure, sure. And the the continuity of a ring and the the yeah, eternal nature of things. the loop and yeah. um and I, I people people talk about the that finger and it's some blood vessel going to your heart. I don't I don't I don't get into that. Yeah, that's yeah. There, there's definitely some some yeah. uh yeah, yep. weirdness that happens. Yes, yes, yes. But what you were talking about is the place that used to occur. Where someone would say, if there be anyone here That's right. who has any just cause why these two should not be married, That's speak right. now or forever hold your peace. That's right. The people used to say that because marriage is a community-supported event. Yes. Marriage belongs to God. He created it. That's it's right. not yours to do as you want with. That's right. It is a part of the creative order. Yes. And so when you're, when you're getting married, you're trying to participate in God's institution. Yes. And God says that married people should be fully supported by the community. The community should say, yes, this is a good thing. That's right. Why? Because love is so blinding. Yes. And people make horrible decisions yes. and terrible mistakes. Yes. And they get swept up and swept away and they run off to Vegas and do something silly in a drunken stupor. Yep. And no, this is serious business. This is a vow unto death. You're gonna. You need to go into with great sobriety and training. Yes. You need to have everyone's approval. Everyone in your life should say yes. This is a good thing because it can be so bad. Yes. If it's not a good thing. That's right. You want everyone's support and help, saying this is good. Do this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. You, yeah. We all need. My marriage needs the support of the entire my entire yep. community, and so does yours. And all of us need that to help each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, the another reason that they used to do that to say, uh, "Is there anyone who who knows that this is not right?" Is because there were people who were coerced um, wrongly right. uh, into marriage uh, on on threat by threat, right. and uh, so that that's also immoral, and right. and we want to that doesn't happen so much anymore now. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a community event. You know, there are some places now in the United States where you can you don't have to have an officiant to get married. Um, you fill out the marriage certificate yourself, and there are no witnesses, and there is no officiant, and you just fill mm-hmm. out the paperwork, and you can right. have whatever ceremony you want. Right, right. Um, it doesn't really matter. You don't need to to find someone to yeah. marry you. And and I say uh, I say the same thing when people come to me. And they want to get married, and I don't really know them, and I don't know their faith. Yeah. And I say, well, I, I'm not the marrying man, right? right? Like I don't just marry people. Why do you want me to marry you? Exactly. Yes. Why not go to the justice of the peace? Right. Why do you want to get married with a minister in right. a church? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. It's a great opportunity to discuss those sorts of things because, the idea that you you could just run off and get married, okay, that is a 
some sort of governmental um, civil union sort of sure. uh, you get sure. tax benefits or whatever reason you want to do that. Yeah. Um, but if you want to be married according to the guy who started marriage, then yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, and that's it right. It does belong to God and His institution. And by the way, part of that means that if if I know somebody, yeah, say it's a friend of mine, yeah, and I know that he is um, a liar and a cheat yeah. and a thief or whatever, yeah, yeah. and he he slept with one of the bridesmaids two nights before the sure. wedding. Um, it's kind of your moral responsibility to not acknowledge before the church. It should happen long before you're, you're waiting for the pastor to say those words. Oh, yeah. But you should talk to the bride because that's how serious marriage is. It's not oh, something yeah. that you just let people get into and that's then right. explode. That's right. It's very costly. And then if children are involved, the cost of divorce and I mean, just think about the legal fees alone. We're talking about tens of thousands of dollars, the heartburn, the heartache. You know, they've done studies. Oh, yeah. People who are on the brink of divorce, uh, five years later, they followed those couples. If they stayed married, the vast majority of them were happier and glad they stayed married. Yes. And the majority of people who got divorced said it was a bad decision and it was there was something really profane about it and hard. Yes. And it's it's a commitment and it's a lot to throw away. Yes. So you go in with your eyes wide open. That's right. The whole community supports it, right? That's right. That's right. And you you make the best decision that everyone can make on in that regard. Yep, that's right. And you be well trained and versed and ready to to speak those vows. Yeah. And you don't need a lot of money for that. Right. That's you right. Know? You don't need a lot of money for that. Um it is okay, so let's get back to the wedding ceremony and actually spending money and making decisions about it. So many people, it's becoming more and more popular now to have destination weddings where we're going to go mm-hmm. to Hawaii, we're going to go to some Caribbean island or uh-huh. you know something like this. Iceland apparently is pretty fa- pretty uh, popular these days. Okay. And so uh, whoever can pay to come to the wedding can come to the wedding and screw all the rest of y'all. Uh Okay. <laughs> I know how you feel about that. Yeah. yeah. No, I Okay, there there we go. So <laughs> yeah. well, the reason is because uh what is this if the wedding really is the point of it is uh-huh. a, a, a community of people coming around right. and and this is a community event. Uh, for us all to be there, for you to go off and like, I I know that it's no one's going to be able to come, but you know, uh, this is my day. I get to do whatever I want. Yeah, I, I think that that is terribly inappropriate. I think it's terribly inappropriate. I, I, I think, think those people are yeah. still married. They're I, I, still married, yeah. but it it belies a selfishness that misunderstands what the wedding is for. Okay. Uh, hmm. I think that's a bit strong, but is it okay? Yeah, I mean, I told you earlier that I I, I wanted to take the money and run, right? And what that means is, um, I wanted the full support of everyone. I wanted my premarital counseling. I wanted um, some people there, but I didn't. It didn't have to be like a big, expensive production. I just, sure, yeah, sure, it, I get that. And so I think a destination. Uh, I think that could work. I don't. I don't see that. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but then I would, 
if I were going to follow that to a T, then it's like you can only have a wedding in your home church with everyone who knows you best. That's the only way to do it. Fair enough. Uh, you, what yeah. we're talking about is a slidey bar. Yeah. Right. And so, okay, what if, what if you what if you want to invite more people than just your church or whatever? And so you need a larger venue, or your church doesn't meet right. in a place that's convenient, or I don't know. There's all kind. And so then it, you get more and more and more further and further and further away. Uh, I, I understand that, but to intentionally yep. pick a place that is very difficult or very expensive for your community Definitely to be limiting there, the community. There's for something, sure. something. I not think that's right a fair. That. I think that's a fair warning that you're limiting the community involvement in your wedding and the witnessing of your vows. Yeah, yeah. And uh, okay, so so uh, along a similar lines, when a when a bride, it's more often the bride, I think, but sometimes the groom, when when they say this wedding is supposed to be about. All, about us, and we don't care what anybody else thinks. Right. Um, in terms of the decorations, in terms yep. of the dresses, in terms of the, uh, they're falling the, into the current marketing. Scheme. There's something mm-hmm. really messed up about that. The 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 material drive that is correct. The, everyone's trying to gouge and get get on the the marriage bandwagon so they can get a bite of that. Yes, that big that's dollar. Right. That's uh-huh. right. It is. Um, I think that that is terribly inappropriate and not what a wedding is supposed to be. You know, I I told uh, my future uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law that I wanted to be. I didn't care if we were, we were married in a barn. I didn't. I did not sure, care about sure. the venue or that. I just wanted um, lots of people there. Yeah. I didn't care if it was it was catered with a barbecue place. Yep. Or Chick Fil A for. I, I don't care. Yep. I don't care about any of that stuff. Yep. I don't. I don't care. I don't need a nice cake. Yep. I just want a. A place where we can have lots of people. Yep. Because I wanted the community. I wanted yeah. friends. I wanted family. I have a big Love family. It. Yep. And uh, you know, we we had some very differing views, and we had to conflict about that. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. how did you how did you resolve that? Um, we uh, they gave kind of a a cap on how many people could be invited. Yeah. It, was, it was hard. Yeah. We had to cut a lot of folks that we would want to have invited, and yeah, it was just kind of out of my hands. I'm not the one, unless I was going to start coughing up a lot of money, which sure. I didn't have. Sure, 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 um, You know, there was, we had a, a, a budget to work with. Yeah. And so, uh, but there was like, you know, no, 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 we're not going to have barbecue because this is also a reflection of us and our family, right? Right, So I want it right. to be nicer. Yeah. Okay. So I was just trying to work that out and at, at some point I just kind of had to just, you know, get out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it sounds like there was at least some sort of compromise. At least I hope there was. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, I think I'm I'm saying that that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, because it's not just about you. It's it's about them, and it, you know, your in laws is, and it's about uh, the people who are close to you and your community, and you're wanting more of the community, and but that then that excludes you know who they are and what mm-hmm. they're about, and right, and their community, and their community, right, right exactly, exactly, and so. I, it, of course, this is going to be difficult. It's a lot easier if the bride just says, "I get whatever I want," right, right, <laughs> right, and and yeah. everyone just bows down and caters to her. And I like, want this ten thousand dollar dress, right? Yeah, because right. I want to feel like a princess, right, on this one day. Yeah. And and uh, that's not what it's supposed to be. Although I really did want my bride to feel like a princess, you know. Okay, yeah. that is a totally different thing. Exactly. That's a totally different thing yep. to say, I want to honor you, and she should say, I want to honor you. This is what Christ in the church is supposed to be mm-hmm. about. 
And, and we do it in different ways. Catherine and I, um, we did something that was actually probably not real smart. I don't recommend this, and I don't think I would do it again. But, you know, I was young and thought a lot about myself um, at the time. I was a seminary student. And so we wanted both of us, you know, we understood the whole Christ and the church thing very much into the theology and the symbols and all that stuff, all that stuff. So, uh, and we wanted to highlight, and we one of the things that she said, and I agreed with her, that the uh, for contemporary weddings, the bride is highlighted way, way, way above the groom. Uh-huh. And uh, the bride certainly needs to be highlighted, but the groom does too, because they're both, but the, but separately and differently, because it's Christ and the church, right? So... The, what we did again, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I'm not sure that I like this now, but at the time it it worked well. When she walked down the aisle um, in all of her glory, yeah, um, I wasn't there. You weren't there. I wasn't there. Where were you? I I was the only one who wasn't in the room. Okay. Everyone else was all set, and then we had a song. We had a song actually by Charlie Peacock uh-huh. um, that musicians played live for us, um, quoting from a bunch of different parts of Scripture, um, uh, dear friend, he is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness to be. Keep a watch out. Don't lose faith. He said he would come for you. He's going to come. You wait and see. And it's a message to the church about keeping faith, about Jesus coming. Uh And so in the middle of that song, then, I came kind of uh, from on the stage there, I came from like the choir loft from up high yeah. and came down the stairs to the, to the bottom floor, to, to right. the ground, you know, and got her and escorted her like halfway up mm-hmm. um, the stairs from there. And we kind of started the wedding after that. Interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah. And, yeah. and usually um, it, I'm not watching the bride. Yeah. So when, uh-huh. Oh when yeah, the, yeah, when, me yeah. Too. yeah. So when the bride's walking down the aisle, yeah. I'm watching the groom always because that's me too. that's me where too. the emotion is happening. Yeah, that's right. She's smiling. She looks amazing. Yes. She'll look amazing the rest of the night. You'll you'll get a look at her later. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This guy is choking back tears. Yes, he feels so humbled and so honored to be there. And yes. I think about Jesus. Yes, possibly feeling that way towards me as mm. as part of the bride of Christ. Mm, mm, mm. Could it could it possibly be that Jesus has that kind of adoration and emotion that I see this guy choking back ch- tears, standing there trying to stay erect in front of everyone, you know, like yeah. trying to keep his, his stuff together, right, and and not weep. Yes, I love yes. watching the groom when yes. she's walking down the aisle. Yes, it's a powerful moment. Um, one of my favorite stories, I think it was Scotty Smith who told me that he was uh, ministering a wedding one time, and in that moment. The um, in a long aisle, the bride is coming. Yeah. Uh, the groom took a few beats, you know, about to cry, whatever, and then took off running toward her down the aisle, mm. and and uh, so the ministers, um, Scotty, like ran after him and and like almost tackled him and said, "No, you get back here. This is her moment. You stand right here." <laughs> <laughs> but the impulse uh, certainly yeah. is the impulse of Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, seeing the bride. Yeah, I've just seen some really powerful moments watching the groom. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. That's yeah. yeah. My my eyes are fixed on him when whenever whenever I do a wedding. Yeah. And then there's also the father. Um, I have to give advice. I say, hey, now you you need to be careful about looking too deeply at your daughter. Uh huh. 
because you're gonna you're gonna fall apart, man. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And I can already like feel that, like, yeah. I, like I, I'm gonna have to have numbed myself somehow yeah. to keep from just like, you know. <laughs> I remember this one pastor saying that he'll ask, uh, "Who gives this uh, woman to be with this man?" Yeah, yeah. And he says, "Don't look at her because you're like." <laughs> Brother, brother, and I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen some big boat up men yeah. start to ball in front of everyone. But you know, there's, they got to give that's, that daughter away. I think that's so appropriate. I, yeah. I hope that I hope that you do fall apart because that's. Uh, I think that's terribly appropriate. Yeah. I tell my patients all the time, my patients and families that that cry a bunch, uh, and they say, "Oh, excuse me, oh, I'm so sorry." And I try not to highlight it, but if I need to, then I'll yeah. say, "Tears." tell us that something important is happening. Yep. And when something important is happening, it should be tears. Yeah. And and this just tells us that this is important to you. Yep. And so if you break down, it just means that something important is happening. Yeah. And that's an indication to everybody, and that's good. That's good. But then my mascara will run. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've got alopecia. My eyebrows and eyelashes are falling out. That's right. So somehow I can I hang on to this beard because it's falling out everywhere else. But, yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. Well, if you've got more uh, uh, feedback for us on weddings and want to want to add some more symbolism or or uh, corrections or or you think of it in a different way, go to the show notes and uh, uh, let us know, and we'll we'll compile some. Corrections. I'm sure you can spend less than $30,000. I'm sure. I'm sure you can spend less than $30,000 on a wedding. There's got to be a way. Yeah. Willie, I thought we should do another segment of uh, Devil's Advocate. Okay, sure. We, we just make a comment, yeah. and then one of us has to argue for, and the other one has to argue against. Remember we did this a little while ago. Yeah, that's right. Okay, okay. Do, you, do you have an argument? Um, I'll, I'll, ta- just, I'll take I'm gonna, whatever side. I'm gonna, okay, I'll pick something off the top of my head. I'll yeah. just make a statement, Go ahead. and you pick which side you want to argue for. All okay. right. Um, feathers make terrible pens. Feathers make terrible pens. You want to argue for or against? I'm going to argue against that. Feathers okay. actually make very good pens. Okay. Uh, th- they make uh, such good pens that they were the primary use. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people who were writing were writing with feathers for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And actually long past when we had other kinds of pens, people continued to use feathers. Right. Um, they, they, I, I, I won't say that the feathers are the best pens right now, but in terms of... of uh, if if you couldn't use any industry, if you if you were in an apocalyptic world, and you had a feather, that's probably a great. That's what you that would be your go to mm-hmm. to write. Absolutely. Why, why why do you think they work so well? Why do they work so well? Yeah. You know that's a good question. I haven't really used. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I have other options now. Right. Uh, but they but they work really really well. Okay, so I I have to argue against. I know you do. Yeah. Okay, so feathers are terrible pens because. Um, uh, we have ballpoint pens that are so much better. They've been replaced. They're archaic. They may have worked in the past when, when people didn't have what we have today, but I look around this room and I can see hundreds of pens, but none of them are feathers. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I think no, you got to argue for. You, I gotta... <laughs> you can't concede. you got to argue. Okay. I, I, will, I think I have to concede that they are archaic, but 
feathers uh, lasted as the primary writing instrument for much, much longer than any other instrument. Yeah. Certainly, you know, so I'm holding a pen actually in my hand right now that is not a feather pen, but this style of pen, this is a ballpoint pen, um, a, a, a gel ballpoint pen, and the ink and the, the whole style of this pen is relatively new. And well, it remains to be seen if this is actually the best pen. But for uh, an in- hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, feathers were the best way to write. That's right. I concede. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the pen you're holding, that gel pen, it works very similarly. There's, a, there's an aperture, yeah. much smaller than a feather. Sure. And so it's much more easily controlled. Yep but it's allowing just a little bit of ink out at a time. So, Very much the same principle as a hollow feather. Feathers, of course, the quill part is hollow because right. birds need to fly. And Correct. So their bones are hollow. Yep. And it's just, it's less weight. Yep. And it's stronger structure. Yep. And so that just happens to suck ink up in a capillary action, and then you can lay it down on paper. Yep. Um, yeah, but, but it's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> this is a... I mean, maybe we could say this is a type of feather pen. Nope, not a feather. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, start another one. All right. Let's see. Uh, Uh, Roads should be flat. Argue for or against. Well, okay. Uh, Is the question that all roads should be flat? Is that the statement? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then, then I'm happy to argue against. Okay. Not all roads should be flat. There should be some roads that are flat. There are some flat uh, terrains. But roads should also take you to places that are that are impossible to be flat. So there are hills and mountains and valleys that we want to go through. And uh, Oh, you think flat means horizontal. You think flat means level. I'm just saying they should be flat. What do you mean by flat then? Define your terms. Um a surface that is that is smooth and continuous so that your vehicle glides with the greatest of ease. Oh, okay. Even if, you, if you're riding a horse, he's not going to turn his ankle on some big crag or some big divot or it they should be flat. Okay. If you redefine the terms that way, I, I don't know how it's possible to argue against You want to switch? <laughs> Let's switch. Can you can you argue that, that Yeah, you you take road should all be right, flat. That's fine. Tell me why road should be flat. In that sense, road, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. I cannot imagine an argument that says that that uh, roads should be or could be even uh, uh, impossible to traverse. I'm cooking something up. I've got something. All right. I, you know, if they're not flat in the sense that you suggested, then yeah, our horse is going to turn his ankle. A car is going to get stuck in the in the. Uh, Mud or in the in the hole, hmm. uh, it's you know someone who's walking is not going to be able to to use the road. The road it becomes unusable if it's not flat. Okay, my argument is that a road shouldn't be completely flat. It should be slightly arced so that the water runs off oh my gosh. the road. All right, so you keep redefining redefining <laughs> what it means to be flat. All right, if you keep redefining well, what it means to be flat. flat, that's not flat, is it? I mean, it's it's arced. It's um, it's okay. Uh, what you so- said a moment ago was. To, uh, Water needs to roll off the road. Well, right, I can't sit right. there and turn into ice you or mud puddles. You said something about holes and uh, uh, divots. Yeah, no holes, no holes, no divots, no crags. Smooth, smooth surface, but it's not flat. All right, you're redefining your terms. All right, I'm, well, that's, this is the nature of the game. <laughs> 
it's off the top of our heads, so we gotta, it is. We got to grab. It is. I'm I'm doing my best because because you're right. It needs to be arched. <laughs> so I, the only way I can win is I'll by accept uh, your concession. Uh, 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 by attack. <laughs> The only way I can win is by attacking your premise. That's right. That's the that's the point. You keep changing the premise. <laughs> Make an argument. <laughs> All right, give me a statement. All right, another statement. Uh, traveling back in time would be better than traveling forward in time. For or against? Ooh. Traveling back, man. In, traveling back in time is would be better than traveling forward in time. I'm going to say, I'm going to argue against. Okay. Traveling forward in time would be better than going back in time. Okay. Because if you go back in time, you could alter events and then end up not existing later. So that would be very, very dangerous. But if you move forward in time, that doesn't happen. All right. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, because your uh, argument against traveling to the past mm-hmm. is based on uh, a the- a particular theory of time travel that certainly isn't proven. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and obviously, not. It, it, it may be true. Tell but me about the truth of time travel, yeah. then. No, yes. no. I'm saying it's not proven. I'm not saying that I have that anything is proven because yeah. we don't know. But that is an assumption for sure. Um, traveling to and and uh, so traveling to the future, we have no idea what the future holds. Right. We do know what the past holds, and and it would be better because uh, you know what you're getting into. You know what you're getting into, and what you need to survive and to live. And actually, going back into the past, you be. Not only do you know what you need to survive and to do well, and to, uh, but also if you have the knowledge that you had before, and you may or may not, but if you do, then it allows you to live very comfortably and be able to be helpful and to. Oh, to folks. that depends on where you're going back in time. Are we going back to true. the age of the dinosaurs? Are we going, you know, are we going back to the time when when Napoleon is 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 waging war and you're you're in Europe, you're in you're in Germany and. You know, or you're in Eastern, uh, sorry, Western Russia and Napoleon's coming in. I mean. Yeah. So are, I'll say the same thing. That that same exact argument can be made for the future. If we go into the future where we drop mm-hmm. you into a particular war zone or a particular in the future. So I think those two, you know, that, that could happen going to the future. That could happen going to the past. Let's let's cancel those out. Okay. Well, I still go back to my original argument. Okay. And that is if you go back in the time and somehow you, you alter yeah. events. Then you're going to change history, and that could actually mean that you're, you or people that you know or love don't exist, or the country that you grew up in doesn't exist, or um, dramatic things could change if you, if you altered history. Yeah, that's true, uh, but they can change both for good and for bad, and you know more of what you're doing if you're going back into time there. Everyone who, who lives in any particular time is changing the future. This podcast right here is changing the future in some sense. Let me make it more more intense, more, uh, let me argue even sure. deeper sure. by the human genome. Yeah. Uh, what makes you, yep. William Sofield, yep. is a very, yep. very select determination of genes For sure. that could only come into existence by every single ancestor matching up and reproducing before you. Sure. And so the slightest change... Yep. Of who got to be with who, or who, yep. you know, you 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 change someone's mind or opinion about something, or you, I don't know, it would alter all of human history. Yeah. So this idea that somehow you'd make it better or worse doesn't. Uh, to me, I'm just saying, 
the 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 people that you know yep could potentially not exist including yourself sure that's a big risk going into the future you can't do that sure you can yeah you absolutely can because what, you mean for for posterity past that what yeah, I mean it's not going to it's not going to threaten your life if you go into the future. Is what I'm saying. But you don't know that it's going to threaten your life if you go to the past. Oh well, we don't know that, right? So if you go into the future, then you've got that same sort of problem with the genetic history, right? Because you're you're putting you're in a time where you're not supposed to, so to speak, exist. But my genes are already set. If you go into the future, my genes are already they're set. If I go back in time, they might not exist. Except for in you. No, I'm saying I might not exist. You mean if you go back in time, then you and won't alter exist? Something. If you go back in time and you alter something, you may not exist. If you go forward in time, you're, you still exist. I think you are super stuck on the back to the future <laughs> version of time travel. As interesting as history may be, yeah. um, the, the unknown of the future yeah. is, is so much more compelling. Let's try that argument. The past, <laughs> the past, we know about the past, and we watch all kinds of programs reproducing the past as best as we know it. Of course, I have interest in knowing what it was really like. Sure. And that's, that's going to be your argument. Yeah. But we have no idea what the future holds, and that could be so much more compelling. Yes, that's true. It could be more compelling, but uh, even if it's in the best of worlds, you are going to be completely lost uh, not ha- understanding the technology or the society or the it's going to be a lot to learn if you go to the past as well but you're going to have a much better understanding your your understanding of science and of art and of religion and all these things are going to be um, past what what you are when you go to the 1800s 1500s whatever um, and so you're going to understand that in, in some sense but in the yeah. future you're not well here's the deal you're going to go at the past yep. and you're going to die a strep throat could be. And I'm going to go to the future where they've solved all health problems, <laughs> and I'm going to live forever. So there th- you go. I think this is a draw. I, 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 you, you got some decent arguments, but I, I don't think that, that uh, you know, uh, you're, anyway, I think that this is a draw. Sore throat death. Death by sore throat. That's going to be you, Willie. Yeah. You, you, what, do you th- what do you think um, is going to be the virus that is infecting everybody in the future? We don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll have eradicated all health problems in the future. Yeah, because uh, the, the last few years have, have had no health issues whatsoever in the, in the world. <laughs> right. I got gotcha. you. I hear what you're saying. Artificial intelligence is going to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's making things much better, isn't it? <laughs> I, could, I could go into the future and be some computer slave. It would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. You can write us or call us. Just tap or swipe on the purple Hopper Podcast cover art in your podcasting app and find the show notes for ways to suggest a topic for the Hopper or to tell us a funny story. You can always go to thehopperpodcast.org. Hey, try to keep it clean. And if you do, we'll probably feature you on an up- in an upcoming episode. Special thanks this week go to Flea and his nasty, wet, tidy, whitey underroots. 
disgusting. Thank you. Uh, And be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. Join our Patreon for the bonus episodes. Willie, what's the take-home lesson from this episode? The take-home lesson here in 2023 is we can finally say now definitively that Netflix DVD subscription is a ripoff. It's true. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to cancel mine. Yeah.